Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Willie. Today, I'm a little under the weather, so if I sound a little weird, then that will be the explanation. But uh, also, you may have noticed that Nick didn't chime in there, right on the heels of Willie, as he usually does. Uh, he is off on assignment. Not really. Uh, he's doing something. But I'm sure he's disappointed that he's missing the Hobbit episode. But Yeah, he likes the Hobbit. I'm sure he'll be back for the third one. Yeah, and he'll probably share his thoughts at some point. Yeah, so. yeah. So, um, but anyway, today we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been watching, and then we're going to review Peter Jackson's second entry in the Hobbit series, because <laughs> there's only one book, but you need three movies. Oh, yeah. This is The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog, so that'll be our full review. Three movies that equal the normal runtime of two movies apiece. <laughs> so, kind of six movies. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh... What we've been watching. Willie, what have you been watching? Lost. <laughs> That's like all I've been watching. Yeah, um, you, you texted me and you were like, dude, <laughs> well, okay. you, you need to watch Lost. <laughs> so let me, I don't think I've actually talked much about Lost on this show. Probably not. I don't think there's um, been much room to... If I have, I apologize for going on what's going to be nerd Lost drivel for a second here, but <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, I love that show. It is my favorite, probably my favorite TV show of all time. Um... I can't think of any that would compete with it right now, so that means that it probably is. Um, and you mean I Agents have, of Shield is not. Uh, no, no, Agents of Shield is not there. I, in fact, kind of every show that starts, uh, every new show that starts, where I, like every season, I'm just like, okay, you know, maybe this will be my new Lost, but nothing's going to be my new Lost. Lost was no. Lost, and I'm <laughs> very sad that it's gone. Um, I know a lot of people don't like the show. I know that a lot of people got frustrated with. Uh, whether it be the season, the, the the reruns during season two, which caused a lot of people to jump ship because it was like they never knew when a new episode was on. <laughs> it actually caused me to jump ship for a hot second there. Um, well, that's the weird thing. Like, it's not even... There weren't even reruns. Like, some shows you get reruns every once in a while. This show, you would get, like, a recap episode every couple weeks. Yes. Like, I didn't even watch the show, and I know this, because my mom yeah. would be like... Oh, I don't know what's going on in the show, and they have recaps every week, and I probably need them, but I still don't know what's going on in the show. Yeah, yeah, and that's, I think, like, a lot of people jump ship during that time period. Um, And and season three, the beginnings of season three were rough, um, purely because they chose to do it in kind of a weird way. Um, And and I know a lot of people are upset by the ending, which I I totally understand, but I I have to disagree completely. (laughs) Um... But anyway, I've been, I've been rewatching it. I, I, it's been a very, very casual re- reviewing. I'm not like sitting down and, and taking notes like I used to. Um, didn't really take notes, but you know. <laughs> um, uh, and it's been a lot of fun. I, you know, a lot of the episodes and like character moments and stuff I kind of forgot about. Um, you know, you remember the big beats, but sometimes you forget about these little moments. And you go, "Oh my god, yeah, that was so good. I forgot about that." You know, uh, I'm trying to get Alex to watch it. <laughs> I'm going to attempt. It'll happen. Um, It'll happen at some point. He will do it eventually, I know. I I just wrapped up the TV show that I was watching, so I'll talk about that shortly. Are we also watching... Am I also watching that show? Uh, Maybe. Perhaps? I don't know. I don't know if you've continued on, but... Um, I'm almost done with season one, but we'll get to that. Okay. Um, No, Lost is is a very cool show. It's... It kind of starts off, you know, if you haven't watched it, it kind of starts off as a very straightforward kind of character-driven story about... A group of very different people that get stranded on an island and um, have to survive, and then it just balloons into absolute insanity. <laughs> but in a good way. Like it's one of those shows that you can't explain to somebody who's never watched it before mm-hmm. um, without sounding like an idiot. But when you, I swear, when you sit down and actually watch the show and give it a fair shake, it really does. Um, it's very, very worth it. Uh, how, how apparent was it that they were going to go in sci-fi directions? Right, like how, right, right out of the gate. You mean was was it was it apparent? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was pretty apparent that they were go- there were going to be sci fi elements to the show. I don't think it was apparent how just how far it would go. Okay. Because um, I like I feel like there might have been some point of time where people just thought it was going to be about these survivors on the island. And for the most part, that's what it's about during season one. It okay. really is. I mean, it's it's very like it's very character focused. Um, Interesting. And. What's interesting about how the show behind the scenes worked out was they didn't have... Most shows, uh, pretty much all shows, don't have an end date in mind when they start. And 
the problem with Lost that I think the writers faced was you set up these characters, you dig deep, deep like the, the narrative of the show works so you get uh, flashbacks yep. for each character and yeah. stuff, which is very cool. Um, so by the end of season one, you know a lot about these characters. And season two comes along and you get some more flashbacks. There's some new characters that are introduced. And after a while, you just start running out of backstory to learn about these people. That's when the flash forwards come. <laughs> what? Maybe. <laughs> um, but uh, I think what happened was they set up so many mysteries throughout the course of uh, season two and three because they needed they couldn't end the show anytime yeah. soon. That they they were never going to be able to pay off all of those. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's I love that show. And I, I I think everybody should give it a shot. I will get around to it. Part yeah. part part of my trepidation with watching it is that um, I I kind of secondhand witnessed some of it uh, as my mom did watch mm-hmm. some of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there are certainly things that I do know, and and obviously I think it would still be rewarding to fill in the blanks. But I'm also kind of fearing that it might be a little bit of that. Um, like a little bit of that, and the same reason I can't like read any of the Harry Potter books anymore because I've seen like I I know the stories well enough that I my mind just I just get to a point where I'm on autopilot and I'm like not even paying attention anymore. Yeah, I do the same thing. I, I tried uh, <clears throat> I tried Game of Thrones, which is very well written. I I didn't dislike it, but this was like when season three was airing. Yeah, and I'm reading the first book, and I'm like, I've it's seen like this I song. know all this stuff, you know. And and so I'm I I don't think I will really have that problem with loss, but it's still that's that's kind of an initial buy-in thing. Sure, and then, absolutely. You know, and and you know, there's a few other reasons as well. I think I you know just sure. I'm I'm trying to chart out where I'm going with my TV at the <laughs> yeah, moment, and yeah. I don't know exactly where where that fits where, in. Yeah. So no, it's it, yeah, and that's understandable. I, there's a lot of shows that I want to watch too, and uh, yeah. I probably should be rewatching something I've seen like three or four times, but. <laughs> I am. So. Uh, I should be watching Homeland, except I finally got like something huge spoiled for me today About from the, the episode that aired last night. That's too bad. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I, you got to watch out for those TV show spoilers because they're everywhere. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's Facebook nowadays is a virtual like land landmine field of. I have a cat attacking me right now <laughs> as we record this. I'm just going to throw that out there. If I sound distracted, it's because there's a cat biting my arm. Um, but no, it, it's it's seriously a minefield of, of yeah. TV spoilers. I, I mean, I, I would have liked to have... I mean, and I probably still will. Would have liked to have watched Sons of Anarchy at some point. Mm-hmm. And I swear to you, it was like as soon as like this recent season finale, whenever that aired, yeah. it was like everywhere. Same here. Everywhere. It's, it's it's weird. It's like it didn't it didn't used to be this bad. No, I don't think. I don't know but, what's happening now. Yeah. I, I think part of it is that people that are writing these articles about season finales and TV shows, like, okay, let's say that, you know, you're watching a show called Crime Scene Investigations. Okay, is that the name of it? Is that really what CSI. CSI stands for? Yeah. Wow. Okay, you're watching CSI. <laughs> wow, I didn't even mean to do that. Um, you're, you're watching CSI, and there's a lead character on it, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Kinnear plays the lead character on it, one of them. And his character gets killed off in dramatic fashion, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not a real spoiler, spoiler by the way. Oh, um, fake spoiler alert <laughs> for my fictional crime scene investigation show starring Greg Kinnear. <laughs> CSI Detroit starring Greg Kinnear. <laughs> um, so Greg Kinnear gets killed off, right? Yep. When, they, when somebody writes an article nowadays, they'll write the article like, major character death shocks the fans of crime scene investigations, and they'll put a big picture of Greg Kinnear on the yeah, front page. Yeah, and it's just like, were you trying to hide it at all? It's it's, it's weird, and then like, it's even worse. Like because I read Google News, and Google News will grab the first line of the paragraph, like the first, like the first yeah. line of the first mm-hmm. paragraph, and it's always like, "Oh, this person's dead." Like that's what happened with Homeland. Like thanks. And I was like, I, what? <sighs> yeah, thanks a lot, jerk. Stupid. Yeah, it's really frustrating, <laughs> and that's what happened with me with Sons of Anarchy just recently. Um, and like I said, it's, it's not a reason to not watch the show ever. It just it's frustrating. Yeah, because you don't, you know. And I'm somebody who spoils shit for myself enough. Yeah. Like, I, I, I you know me. Mm-hmm. I spoil stuff for myself, but I don't always want to be spoiled. So. No, and it's and uh, you know what? I there, there are times where knowing the spoiler didn't matter so much, and there are times where it did. And one where it very much did matter was Dexter season four. Mm. Like, that was a huge spoiler. And I some people are like, oh, that's the best season. I'm just like, I don't know. It's okay. Did you hear about what it was? What, what had happened before it happened, though? Yeah. Maybe that had an effect on it. No. I, yeah. I, I think. I think. I think it did. 
But that's anyway. unfortunate. You know, it really is. Yeah, but it happens. Basically, if I want something spoiled, I'll spoil it. Okay, yep. don't spoil it for me. Yeah, I, w- I will seek it out. I will find a spoiler. Yeah, believe me, I've done it. <laughs> uh, like when, like when you walked into the Dark Knight Rises, knowing everything. <laughs> oh my god, I knew everything about the movie before it started. <laughs> You know, I, I don't know. You we, just wanted to look at Nick's face when Talia No, <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. No, my, I, I guess I just, I was being kind of trollish. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I just, I, I don't know. I wanted to walk in knowing everything and feeling like I was superior to those that were in line <laughs> that didn't know anything. That's, that's what spoilers are all about. Yeah, I felt so in the yeah. know, you know, I don't know. Snape kills Dumbledore. Yeah, and then there was the guy in line that was saying, uh like lines from the movie yeah. that were, did not make any sense in context except for, for me because I knew it was happening. And I was like, man, he's spoiling guys. Like he's spoiling stuff, guys. Like watch out for this guy. And everybody's like, he didn't what? say anything. What are you doing? That's good. good times. Uh, all right. Uh, watching anything else or are you watching stuff that I've seen? Lost. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wrapped up the current run. I finished the mid season finale of arrow. Yes. Arrow season two. Wow. Yeah, it's good. Still, you don't even know yet because I've been I've been saying to So to, how you've Okay, can I just say real quick? How many how many episodes 23? 23 plus season? another 9 okay. for season 2. So 32 episodes let's say of Arrow. Yep. Okay. I started the watching it like what? 2 3 weeks ago. 2 or 3 weeks ago and you plowed <laughs> through me. Yeah. I mean there uh, there is there's a gift file online of a uh, of a buffalo <laughs> or, or, or what is it? Of a, of a bison <laughs> crushing another bison, running from wolves. That's what Alex did to me with Arrow. He just ran past me. Yeah, it was. I, that's the thing is that I like I was texting you and and Tim and everybody basically about how I was enjoying it, but I was like I have reservations because I think everything good that's been in these has been taken from Batman Nolan movies. Sure, mm-hmm. that doesn't go away, but I still enjoy it very much. And when you get to season two, I want that text from you. That's like what. Wh- Wow, <laughs> but awesome. it's 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 great. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's really and, good. Uh, I'm super excited about Barry Allen. Yeah, that's very cool. I uh, uh, like. I'm real. I, I'm excited for his show now that he's going to get his own show. How's how's the guy, the actor? I like him. Grant and, Gustin is it? Uh, yeah. Okay. And and he he's definitely playing like a younger guy and I ha- I clear I have no attachment to these characters which is probably why I like it so much. But we should say that that Barry Allen is is the Flash for those of you that don't. Yes. He becomes the Flash. Yes. Um the famous DC Comics speedy character. Yeah. Um um but I I think he's great. I think he's got a great rapport with those that are in the in the show, and I'm super excited for any potential crossover like Buffy Angel style stuff that could happen. You you had texted that, and I thought that was very cool because we haven't had anything like that in a long time. No, at and, least and not not that I except know. for like Private Practice and Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, they've done that before. <laughs> I love how like like mocking you said that. How seriously? I was like, yeah, I I, it was me being sad about how I knew that. Yeah. But anyway, it's okay. I knew that too. It's <laughs> all right. The show's great. You need to finish so we can talk because yeah. it's yeah. it's it's fantastic. Yeah, I anybody, do want to finish the season. I any anybody who has any trepidations about why, if you have seen Agents of Shield and you like that show, Arrow's even better. It it's, is. It's like that's that's the thing. Arrow's like the reverse Lost in season two and three, and that they set up questions and they answer them, and they there's nothing, there's absolutely no question from episode one. That hasn't been answered, and it, we're only like a season and a half into the show. Yeah, yeah, they do a good job of that. They don't. I mean, there's certain things they might leave lingering for a few episodes that when when it needs to be left, yeah, up in the air. But they usually, I mean, it's kind of like the first season. Once upon a time, they did a really good job of like any mystery they set up. They were like squashed it within a few episodes. Yeah, and there there have, there, there have been a, there's never been a time where I'm like, wow, I'm disappointed that that's over so soon. But there have been a few times where I'm like, oh. Holy crap! This is this is happening right now. Yeah, like and it, and it takes me by surprise, and I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. I don't have to wait a whole season to find out what this. Exactly. Is yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think I think Arrow's doing a fantastic job at pacing that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Even even if some of it has come out of uh, Nolan Batman. Other people's <laughs> minds. No, it's. I think it's. Uh, I didn't watch a ton of Smallville. I mean, I've seen bits and pieces, but. I think this is the first real successful superhero show. Yeah, and Smallville's this weird, weird thing because obviously it was it was successful because there were ten friggin' seasons of the show. But um, I think this one is actually getting 
acclaim from fans and non-fans alike. Yeah. So. And rightfully so, from what I've seen <clears throat> so far. So Absolutely. Um, so what else have I watched? Uh, the other thing that I've watched that you've also watched, I caught up on, or I wa- I, I've been trying to catch up on 2013 movies as mm. we prepare for our uh, top 10 of the year. Yeah. And um, I watched Now You See Me, mm-hmm. which is a... Kind of a, it's Louis, directed by Louis Leterrier of uh, Incredible Hulk and Wrath. Unleashed and Wrath Clash, and the, Clash Titans. of the Titans. Yeah, or at least at least Clash. I don't know about Wrath. I think he did Clash, but he did not do okay. Wrath of the Titans. Um, starring Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson, Isla Fisher, and uh, Dave Franco. My boy Dave Franco. Yeah, yeah, but and a bunch of other people. It's a it's a great cast. Mark Ruffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of fun. I think the third act kind of falls a little flat, in okay. my opinion. I wish the ending had a little bit more of a punch to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they certainly seem to leave room open for a sequel, which I oh, think definitely. is probably in production. But I, um, yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think the there's there, it's one of those movies that has twists and turns, and certainly the biggest twist comes towards the end of the film. Um, and yeah. it it does. It's a it's a cool twist, but it is kind of the, the I don't know the execution's a little bit underwhelming. Yeah. You're kind of like oh okay instead yeah. of going oh yeah they should have they should have built up like it it, it it feels like it could have been more clever and I think the the actual reveal is a little bit too understated. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Yep, but I, I think the the chemistry of that group is really really weirdly good. Yeah. Um, and it's like Jesse Eisenberg and Woody Harrelson kind of carried it over from Zombieland a little yeah, bit. They yeah, they have a little bit of that. And, and Isla Fisher's awesome. I love mm-hmm. Isla Fisher. Um, we both do. Yeah. Um, and Dave Franco. You know, I'm going to quote uh, Paul Rudd's character in 40 Old Virgin <laughs> when he talks about Matt Damon. He goes, I used to think Dave Franco was kind of a Streisand, but he's really rocking the shit in this one. Because <laughs> he was awesome. He was, he was a lot of fun. He has a magic fight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was that was cool. It was a very that was like a very clever fight scene too. I like very that cool, unlike anything I've ever seen. I think. So. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was interesting. It's worth watching for sure. Yeah, I think I think it's worth a watch. Um, probably not going to end up on my top ten, but okay, it you know. might maybe. I don't, we'll see. Yeah. Spoiler um, alert! It might. <laughs> uh, I caught a few other movies as well. I checked out Francis Ha, which is the latest from Noah Baumbach of Squid and the Whale and Greenberg fame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry, probably more more Nick's cup of tea than Willie's at this point. Um, Maybe I uh, the movie feels pretty. It's largely inconsequential. I liked, I kind of like some of the, the themes of the movie, but I feel like uh, I'm not the kind of person that would get a lot out of this. And I feel like I know people that would. There are people that I would recommend this movie to, but it's it's. Not not necessarily my my favorite thing, and I didn't love Greenberg either. So it's not like I, st- I still need to watch Kicking and Screaming and Squid and the Whale to really know if maybe Which I don't one's Kicking and Screaming, <coughs> not I, the Will Ferrell soccer. Yes, not the, not the Will Ferrell soccer Kicking and Screaming. I don't I don't know much about it. I know okay. it's one of Nick's favorite movies, and it's no. It's, it's director. not Will Ferrell though. Okay. No, it's it's about, really it's, about weird. it's about a bunch of like twenty somethings, like either post college or during college okay. or something like that, and them kind of figuring out what they're going to do with their lives. So Saint Elmo's Fire. Yeah. Okay. Probably. Cool. Um, You're like, yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Sure. Um, so Francis Ha, it's okay. Check it out. It's on Netflix. Um, I only say uh, because I wasn't nuts about Squid and the Whale or Greenberg. So. Fair enough. So it's I haven't seen. Uh, yeah, Green- Greenberg. Screen. Greenberg was a weird, weird movie. Would have been better with Joaquin, but. <laughs> <laughs> what wouldn't be? Thank you. <laughs> um, and then uh, finally, I watched Upstream Color, which is the latest from writer, director, actor, producer Shane Carruth of Primer fame. Um, and Primer was a was we've talked about it previously. Mm-hmm. Nick and I did. Uh, I don't think Nick liked Upstream Color very much. I thought it was pretty cool. Did you? <laughs> I enjoyed it, but I feel. I, I, I'm still kind of digesting the movie. It's very weird and interesting, and uh, it's super like I, I like I wouldn't be surprised if many people turned this movie on, saw the first ten minutes, and were like, I don't know what's going on, and just turned it it's off. It's kind of trippy, isn't it? <coughs> like, isn't that kind of part? It's of a li- it's, yeah. There's a little bit of trippiness to it. It's a little um. Uh, there's a little bit. It all feels kind of nebulous, and it doesn't. The the movie definitely doesn't uh, hold your hand. Okay. With any respect, okay. But I still, I personally didn't feel like I didn't have enough to connect the dots. Okay. Um, 
and and when I I went through and as I did with Primer, I read the Wikipedia article to kind of see what <laughs> what the people had like summed the movie up as, and uh, I didn't see anything in there that I didn't really catch. Okay. Um, but I think it would. It, I think it'll be more interesting for me to go and read more about what Shane Carruth has said about the movie, mm-hmm. and then to go and watch it again and see if I can pull more out of it from that. Okay. But I th- I thought it was cool. It's very beautifully shot. It's fantastic to see him shoot a movie not on like a VHS, which is basically what Primer was shot on. Um, and uh, I'm I'm excited to see what he does uh, more. I just I feel as though he's he's dangerously close to being the kind of. Um, to being confusing for the sake of being confusing. Okay. And, 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 I, and I hope that he kind of reins that in or he finds, like, a writing partner or somebody who can kind of help him guide his skills a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it sounds like he's one of those guys that's very talented, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. maybe he doesn't quite have the focus to keep something, you know, to keep something different and a little offbeat, but at the same time cohesive. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. Agreed. Cool. I, th- I think... I think he would be a much uh, bigger name in filmmaking. Like, I could see him going for Oscars and things if he had a little bit more kind of uh, definition to what he wants to do with mm-hmm. his movies. But, okay. I mean, Ryan Johnson, I think, is a great example of that. Absolutely. Somebody who kind of, I mean... And he, Ry- uh, Shane Carruth got a, a, a special thanks on Looper for help with the okay. science fiction That's cool. and, and time travel kind of stuff. That's but cool. Yeah, he, he was he, saying... Well, he, no, he's, he's, he's kind of a good example of a guy who... Started off kind of in the indie, yeah, in the indie circuit, and, and uh, made some very kind of offbeat, weird, different. I mean, Brick is really out there for mm-hmm. you know for a movie at that time, but he he also has a sense of um, knowing how to entertain an audience too. Yeah, you know, and I think that's one of the things is if you, you can take on take me on a crazy, nuts, ridiculous, borderline incomprehensible journey as long as at the end of the day I understand what the hell is going on. Absolutely, like, absolutely. And, yeah. I, and I think I think maybe maybe that's something that's kind of missing from... Uh, it's weird because I feel like that's a trap that some movies could fall into, which is like, here's the third act, let's bring all of these pieces together where in the beginning maybe the first two-thirds of the movie weren't so skillfully put together that you could even put it together on your own or start sure. having a clue about that. And I think I think um, having the ability and having the cleverness in order to do that kind of thing, is mm-hmm. it's, it, it not only makes it a rewarding movie to watch, but I'm sure it's rewarding as a filmmaker to have the ability to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, yeah. So. Totally. All right, we're a little over. But Totes. we'll probably be a little bit under on our review of The Hobbit Desolation of Smog, directed by Peter Jackson, starring Sir Ian McKellen, Martin Freeman, Richard Armitage, uh, everybody in the world, ever. Lots Benedict Cumberbatch, Stephen Fry, uh, um, Orlando Bloom. So, numerous men in dwarf makeup. Yes, numerous men in dwarf makeup and all other kinds of makeup. Uh, synopsis from IMDb says, The dwarves, along with Bilbo Baggins and Gandalf the Grey, continue their... Re- continue their quest to reclaim Erebor, their homeland, from Smog. Or Smog. Smog. Uh, Bilbo Baggins is in possession of a mysterious and magical ring. <laughs> that's the most disjointed <laughs> disjointed uh, IMDb summary. That's that a we're... very strange synopsis. <laughs> oh, <laughs> by the way, Bilbo Baggins is also in possession of a magic ring. Just so you know. Yeah. That's um, funny. So, I like the poster for this movie. Can I just say that real quick? Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful poster. It's got a very cool uh, old school kind of Star Wars. Absolutely. I mean, I liked all the Lord of the Rings posters, but this this one I think is my favorite actually yeah. so far. Yeah. I, I, really weird note, but kind yeah. of a skeletal wispy smog in the middle. I of enjoy the, it. Yeah, quite a bit. Um, so if you want to hear our thoughts on uh, the 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 previous movie, uh, I think episode eleven is our is our uh, is our review Hobbit. of the Hobbit. You can go. You can go back to listen to how bad we were at podcasting in the beginning. Uh, or how bad we are now, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You can see how much we haven't grown in our podcasting abilities. Uh, go to MidwestFilmNerds.com and uh, go to the blog. You can search on the right hand of the page for The Hobbit. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so I think it's best we leave our thoughts on previous iterations and whatnot to that. Yes. If we've reviewed them already, then just listen to that one. Yeah, just go back there. Yeah. Um, so... Willie, how did you feel about The Hobbit Desolation of Smog? First of all, you saw it in 2D uh, 24 frames? Yes. Okay. 
Yes. I saw it in 3D, 48 frames. Wow, we're all over the place. Man. Yeah, we yeah, covered we all the all the bases here. Well, we needed somebody in uh, somebody yeah. needs to go see it in actual IMAX or something. But... Yeah, I did not see it in D box. We don't have somebody here who saw it in D box. <laughs> Dang it! So... One of these days we're going to see a movie in D box. Yeah, it's got to be something awesome, <laughs> like uh, Drive Angry 3D or something. <laughs> um, the Hobbit, des- the Desolation of Smog. Um, I enjoyed this movie. Um, I think I liked it better than the first, which I also liked, but I think the problems I have with the first one are a little bit, they're, they're a little cured in this. Like, I mean, they're, they don't, they feel, they don't feel as prevalent in this movie as they did in the first one. And those would be, the biggest ones would be, I didn't feel a sense of passion in the first Hobbit movie okay. like I did with Lord of the Rings. Like there was something about Lord of the Rings, uh, the, the, the three movies that, I don't know. I could totally tell that everybody involved was like. It felt like a real labor of love. Yeah, it totally did, and I could. I, it, with these two, they just feel a little bit like. Like Jackson kind of knew he had a job to do at this point, and he just did it. Yeah, and it's done. It's and interesting thinking about how he wanted to hand it off to somebody else. But... I don't think he's that passionate about the Hobbit. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't. I don't know Peter Jackson, but it doesn't. feel feel to me you, like I said, you, don't? This one, you don't know peter Jackson. i don't i'm sorry alex Damn. that that meet and greet i promised you is not real <laughs> um no i i i still have a little bit of that in this movie where i don't quite feel the passion that being said i think that he was able to incorporate a lot more of the lord of the rings aesthetic yeah. Yeah. in this movie um, it almost feels like it's a different director than the first Hobbit to me in a lot of ways. Um, I think he's gradually kind of segueing us into the look and tone and feel of the, uh, the first trilogy. Yeah. And I think that the next movie will probably be even more so yeah. closer to that. And I think he does it through the story by, by adding elements like Legolas, who had a much larger role to play in this than I thought mm-hmm. he was going to. As he was never in the book in the first place. In the first or, place. Yeah, in the Hobbit. Yeah. In the Hobbit book, yeah. Um, I really thought, when I saw the previews for this, I, I they were very much shoving Legolas in your face. Yeah. Like, guys, remember hey, this come awesome... see this. Come see this movie, Legolas. <laughs> come see Legolas the movie. Um, but it's, like, I, it's like when they put uh, they put Elijah Wood in the trailer for the first one. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I, I understand that from a marketing standpoint. Yeah. Um, although I think the first one did well enough to where let's, we don't really need to do that. But, yeah. I mean, there were seriously t- like TV spots that were straight up like, this is Legolas in this movie, mm-hmm. so come see him. <laughs> um, and uh, Legolas the movie. Right, Legolas the movie. <laughs> Part two, um, <laughs> the Hobbit part two, like last part four. <laughs> um, I'm part, sorry. Part negative one. <laughs> yes, negative one. How does that work? Negative two. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. We're done with that. Because um, I was going to ask stupid questions around that that mathematical uh, decision you just made. But no, I really thought when I saw those those previews that um, I'm like, okay, they're going to show you three or four little clips of Legolas, and he's going to be in it for ten minutes. He's got a bigger role. It's in pretty this. prevalent. Yeah. Um, which is both good, I guess, good and bad for me. I, it didn't bother me. I'm sure book fans are like, "What in the hell is going on right now?" Um, but I, I understand why Jackson is doing what he's doing. I understand the decisions he's making. I get why we have subplots with Gandalf that involve, you know, the stuff that's going on in uh, the city I can't pronounce, the fallen city I can't. Pronounce. Yeah, I, I don't um, remember. That. I have a hard time with the Lord of the Rings <clears throat> names, yeah. so forgive me, Tolkien fans. Um, <laughs> But, you know, like, I understand why they're doing this. There was, in the first film, there was a scene with kind of the council. Yeah, the white, I think Saruman it's called the White Council. Galadriel, yeah. And um, they kind of talk a little bit about what's going on. I, from what I understand, that was completely, I, I haven't read The Hobbit in years, so. Um, from what I understand, that was completely added for the movies. Yeah. Basically, the entire subplot of the necromancer yeah. has been added. And I understand why he's doing it. Um, and it, for the most part, it feels pretty organic with what's going on in the in the main plot yeah. you know with the dwarves and stuff so it's not overly distracting and legolas wasn't his presence didn't feel overly distracting to me either you know um, no I, I i think i think because peter jackson's the one at the helm he can probably make a little bit more cohesive uh legolas doesn't stick out like a sore thumb like like he might have if sure. somebody else tried to throw him in there yeah and, and there were a couple moments that maybe were played up for for fans of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, you know, there's there's a moment that references um, Gimli in yep. the film. Yeah, that's kind of silly. Yeah, um, that's but funny. I, I enjoyed it yeah. though. 
Um, I will say that the I felt like the the use of the over what I feel is the overuse of CG is bothers me once again in this movie. Not not to the extent of the first one. There were scenes in the goblin uh, tunnels and stuff in the first yeah. one that really bugged me because I've seen you make three huge movies with primarily practical special effects. Yeah. And it looks like the battle scenes felt realer, like more realer. They felt more realistic (laughs) and they felt, they felt more, um, they felt like there was more weight behind them because of those practical effects. And it's not that really any of the CG is bad here. It's just, you can tell, I mean, like, I'm like, yeah, that's a, yeah, you know, um, the, when it comes to the featured characters, uh, characters like Azog, the, the, uh, or chieftain, the Defiler, yeah. Um, he is a fully realized uh, mm-hmm. CG creation, much like Gollum or Smaug. Um, mm-hmm. But there are some of the peripheral orcs and 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 yeah. even the like when the elves doing action scenes and stuff, it, they stick out to me, and mm-hmm. it, it does bug me a little bit. Um, but in in comparison to the the 3D thing, I'm not sure how how you felt about that. I I actually enjoyed. Not feeling funky, because um, <laughs> after the first film, I did I, which I did see in 3D in the uh, the 48 frames. Uh, I get used to it eventually, but I will say that I prefer to watch my movies in 24. So yeah, and I I went back to re-listen today to our to our first episode because I wanted to make sure that I was in agreement with myself on how I felt about it. I didn't want to like I didn't want to acknowledge that I flip flopped. I didn't want to not acknowledge that I flip flopped sure. if I had. Mm-hmm. Um, you and Nick very much were not huge fans. Uh, no. Lance had joined us for that review, and he and I were both like, "Hey, this was cool." I still enjoyed it very much. Okay. I, th- I felt like this time, um, I, I it was I very explicitly stated in in our previous review that um, I could feel it from the WB logo. And this time yeah. around, I did not. And I don't know if that's because I'm experiencing it more in my daily life. Like, I don't... I think I have any any fast motion turned off on my TV. I think you and, and Kevin have, too. If, mm. Maybe not. I don't... I, I'm, I'm not, not sure. even sure. But, um... And maybe you haven't. And maybe that's why I... I you know, I it, it didn't bother me so much. But, uh... I... I certainly... I enjoyed it very much. I think it does help with, um... Realizing kind of a more fluid motion through the 3D, and uh, there are certain scenes like the 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 uh, barrel scene down the river. Yes, I will say the barrel scene for me. I don't know how it looked for you. For me, there was a lot of confusion as what is going on. There was none, and it was beautiful. It was fantastic, okay. and it was it was one of my favorite things to see. So that would in that be movie. a scene where. It would help. It would help. It would help. It would look a little bit more fluid. It would be a little bit easier to kind of track along. But um, and and another one of the things that Nick brought up when he had watched The Hobbit in twenty four frames not too long ago, um, he felt as though the there there were kind of some issues with like because with the nature of hobbits and Gandalf hobbits being around humans, there's a lot of uh, depth of field tricks that yeah. Peter Jackson mm-hmm. uses. Which is absolutely fantastic and cool to read up about and, and see, like looking the eighty thousand different things they did. It's insane and it's very very cool. It's it's that's very much movie making at its best. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no issues with that. I didn't like, and, and I think I think it's very much that was probably a three D thing, three D thing, because mm-hmm. if you have the ability to perceive depth, then it's going to be harder to trick somebody by using depth. Totally. No, it makes that makes total sense. So uh, I I didn't have any issues with that. I didn't. I, I was I was kind of specifically looking for it at some points, and I didn't have any issues with it. And uh, and I once again, uh, I don't think any of the makeup looks any worse in three D forty eight frames than no. it would in twenty four frames, and it, it works okay this time around as well. Um, the the sets and the CG definitely. I think it all looked pretty great. Um. But uh, I, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I'm surprised how much I enjoyed it. Um, but it's very interesting for me to, like, I, I wasn't excited for this movie at all. But as soon as I sat down and I started hearing that music come up, and I was like, okay. I, I, I got to a very comfortable place. And I, was I like, know, me too. It's yeah. like, okay, I'm back here again. I know. It's, it's, isn't that weird, though? It's awesome. It's, it's, it's a good feeling. Yeah, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, 
I was I was kind of dreading to sitting down to seeing this movie because I I've been sick for the past week. I was like, I don't know if I want to go to a three hour movie and yeah, and sit down and have that commitment. I got sucked in pretty quickly, and 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 I know it was three hours long, and it probably doesn't need to be. It absolutely doesn't yeah. I don't think be. either one of them quite needs to be as long as they are. But but once once again, I honestly, I personally don't know exactly where I would cut things out. I I, w- I felt pretty engaged the whole way through. Um, but it it really this one kind of grabbed me and sucked me in and it's it i don't i don't know i really don't know what it was maybe it's the fact that you just kind of hit the ground running in this one and there's things happening immediately mm-hmm. uh that might help <laughs> cuz maybe maybe uh in in uh, an unexpected journey maybe it's a little bit harder to get through the here's convincing bilbo to come on this journey and we're spending yeah. some, like the first 30 40 minutes is in the shire basically you get the origin story stuff that has to yeah yeah, I, yeah. so may, maybe maybe that's kind of more of a challenge and that's um obviously there aren't any sing-alongs in this in this in this one but uh it's i i enjoyed it quite a bit it was i i think it was fantastic um yeah, there's no song, no singing no, in this one. No. The, I mean, the tone in general is way different than the first one. I thought. Yeah. I never really felt like anybody was any in any real danger in the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this one, I felt like there was a, there was some like the stakes were certainly raised. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It had more weight to it. I think in this this time around. One thing I want to mention too is I I think the score for the first film I prefer. Um, okay. I didn't get a lot of that cool that I, they don't use the misty that cool misty mountain theme. No, and that's a real shame. It's, it's a, weird. Yeah, because it felt like it, much in the same way that we have the the Lord of the Rings, the big sweeping Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings theme throughout the course of those three films. I thought that that was going to be our Hobbit theme. Yeah, and there really isn't any no nothing carrying it's, over. It's disappointing. It's sad. it's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. Um, and then um, I just want to talk about new cast real quick. Mm-hmm. A couple of the new people. Um, we get... I don't know who plays Bjorn. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'll look it up. There's a character named Bjorn who is a, a skin changer or something of the like. And uh, cool character. Um, yeah. I, I hope we get to see... Spend some more time with, with that character. I think we will. Mikhail um, Persbrandt. I, I think he's really cool. I, I like the... I've heard some complaints from fans about the look of the character when he's not in his bare form. Hmm. Um, so, like, not understanding why. I, I kind of thought he was cool. I don't know. I, hey, I enjoyed him. Um, and then um, we should talk about... Uh, um, Evangeline Lilly? Yeah, we should definitely. But first, let's talk <laughs> about uh, Owen Shaw. Um, <laughs> anybody get that reference? <laughs> Owen Shaw? <laughs> um, Luke, uh, Luke Evans. Yes. Um, I think he's really cool. This yeah. is the first time where I've truly felt like, okay, I like Luke Evans. It's like, weird. Luke Evans just is, he's one of those people that fits in this world perfectly. He does. It's like very strange. When I saw him, I'm just like... Just give him long hair, and he's like, okay, he's the Lord of the Rings character. I, totally. Totally. They don't do any... There's no makeup going on. It's just no. a different haircut. Like, um, but he, when I saw him, I'm totally like... He's he's kind of taking the reins from Vigo a little bit. Like, he's got that leading man yeah. vibe about him. So, mm-hmm. I, he was great. I liked him a lot. I was very impressed by him. Um, and I like, I've liked Richard Armitage a lot, but... Yeah. He's he's a very different character. He's not your traditional hero. No, really. Yeah. Um, he's a little lot different than Vigo than than the Argorn character was. But I, I like Bard. Vigo's very much abandoned his king thing, and, and uh, Thorin's and very much uh, Thorin. Thorin. That's all Thorin cares yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. So they're very <laughs> different characters. But I, yeah. I like seeing uh, I like seeing a fully human like hero type character. And I like I like the. I don't know. I like that he's kind of a smuggler, and he's got this kind of roguish quality about it. Yeah. I like Luke Evans a lot in this movie. Um, it's, the, it's, it's the first time where I'm like, I really like Luke. Yes. Like, and, well, you know, Fast, or Fast and Furious, uh, or, uh, that was six, right? Yes. Yeah, I, they, he was he was great, but... Totally, I haven't disliked him in anything. Yeah. I just, I've never been... Well, I he, just liked him in The Raven, but it was The Raven. The Raven, so. I never saw The Raven, but oh. I've heard bad things. Yeah. Um, I've never disliked him. I just, uh, you, he's one of those guys right now, he's kind of the hot guy right now. Like, everybody's talking about him for roles. Like, oh, you should play this guy, this guy, this guy. I, I Usually I understand the reason for that, but I haven't quite understood the reason for why Luke Evans has had that sort of yeah push from fans. Yeah. Now I kind of get it. I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah, he, I get it. So, um, And then we got to talk about Evangeline. I mean, mm-hmm. I talked about Lost earlier, so you guys know I love <laughs> that. And um, I love Evangeline, and I'm really psyched to see her in a movie, like, in something again. Because yeah. she doesn't work a lot. No. And I think that's on purpose. I don't think she's... 
She's trying not to... I don't think it's a lack of, of being able to get work, but she's... She's she's a cool character, yeah. and I think they're using her, like you said earlier. She's she's a creation for this movie, yeah. And um, she's not in the books, and I, I, I don't think I don't she's think not she's not even an existing character. Yeah, she's not in the universe. She's not even like from the Silmarillion. Or no, anything, she's yeah. a. I think from what I understand, she's a completely <coughs> original character, and I think the first completely original character that they've had. Yeah. Um, but uh, they did kind of a similar thing with Arwen. With the Liv Tyler character. Mm-hmm. She wasn't a very important part of the Lord of the Rings books. No. I think mostly she was in appendices and stuff like that. Like, she wasn't... But she... I understand why they wanted to add kind of a female mm-hmm. presence. Because there, there isn't one. Yeah. So, I get it. And I think she's really good. Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed she her. She fits in the world very much. Yeah, she's got the elf-like features, so... She's, she's a cool counterbalance for Orlando Bloom. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. By the way, Orlando Bloom... Nice to see you again, buddy. <laughs> Dude, still rocking it, man. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. You know? Like I, I hope he can make it out of the <laughs> the weird typecast as Legolas and Bootstrap Bill's son, Will Turner. Like I I hope I want him to get some like some serious stuff going on. And yeah, I, he's been doing a lot of smaller Yeah, and I, I liked Elizabeth Town quite a bit. Oh, I love that movie. Uh so I, I, I don't I don't think he can't pull things off, but I think he needs to like I think I I don't we'll see. He's like on the precipice of I think this movie and the next Hobbit film which I'm sure he's going to be a part of as well. <laughs> um I think that this is going to give him perhaps a bit of another boost. in the same way that Lord of the Rings gave it'll, him it'll his, bring him back into the zeitgeist and yeah. I, I hope so. Hopefully he capitalizes. Yeah. We'll see. So that'd be good. Yeah. Um Stephen Fry who was the the mayor of What do they Lake call Town. him? They call him the the master? The master? Is that what it is? I think I don't remember something like that. Some sort of weird title. He yeah, I gets. think I think he's like the master of Lake Town or something yeah. like that. Yes, master of Lake Town. He was fun. He was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I enjoyed him quite a bit. I Stephen Fry's fantastic, and when he got uh, announced as as being in the movie, I was like, this yeah. this is awesome. He's a lot of fun. I think he'll have more to chew on in the next one as well, too. Yeah. Um, a lot <clears> of the Lake Town scenes in this one feel like set up kind of more for the next. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. We should talk real quick in non spoiler territory about about Cumberbatch real just. Give Cumberbatch a minute of our time here. He's fantastic. He's awesome. Yeah. He's good. He's playing a dual role in this, too. Yes, he is. He is. He's playing Smaug and the Necromancer. Yep. Um, mostly voice work mm-hmm. in both cases. Yeah. Both awesome. Yeah, both both fantastic. Did a great job. The Smaug sounds kind of exactly what I hoped he would sound like. Yeah. And it's weird, but you can kind of see Benedict Cumberbatch in his face. <laughs> I swear to God. It's like Bruce Greenwood in... Uh... <laughs> And Super 8. <laughs> that is the weird... That's weirder. That's weirder. That's even weirder. Um, uh, but you can kind of see Cumberbatch in his face a little bit. Yeah. It's very strange. Uh, I don't know if that means Cumberbatch looks like a dragon or... Yes, that's what that means. <laughs> yeah. But no, he was awesome. Uh, Everything I hoped for. And I, I can't wait to see him cut loose. Yeah. 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 It'll be... It'll be... It'll be awesome. Um, anything else in non-spoiler... Peter Jackson cameo right at the top. Hard to miss. Same, playing the same character he played in Fellowship. Yep. Yeah. Carrot, carrot, carrot eating man. Yeah. <laughs> man eating carrot. Yes. Um, I don't know. I think that's about yeah, it. Yeah. That's go see it if you like this stuff. Yeah. It's if you it's, don't, you're not gonna like it. It's great. Go check it out. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I really wanted to like praise or anything. I don't know. I'll think of it in the spoiler. Evangeline Lily. Yeah, Evangeline Lily. So. Yeah, alright. We're going to do some spoiler Terry shortly, but we're going to take a quick break, give you some time to turn it off if you don't want to hear it. Uh, but uh, you will be joining us and we'll to you a little bit. Back for spoiler Terry for the Hobbit: The Desolation of Smog. Um, one thing that, as I said, I, I forgot—I <laughs> I knew I was going to forget something that I wanted to mention. Um, I feel as though it's very hard to get a feel for who is who in these movies. I know that there's Owen and Glowen and Balin and Dwalin and Feely and Keely and Ori and 
Dory. Like Nori. I, I know, I know all those names and whatnot. I could not. There are very few of them that I could point them out of a lineup and say that's this one and that's this. Like I know, I know. I think Keely is the one who's the who, Keely's the super good looking one. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the, the almost normal looking uh, the one without sausage fingers <laughs> yeah. so that's the that's probably the biggest disappointment which yeah. is you know you go through the, the Lord of the Rings movies and you have some very iconic characters there's a very yeah everybody feel and part of it's I mean they're all for the most part they're all different races too. Yeah. So there's there's the very classic uh, anybody who's ever played an RPG you get you get uh, you get so many different kinds of characters yeah. that join your group you yeah. know and, and that Lord of the Rings has that vibe, whereas this is... This is just a bunch of dwarves, and so it's very hard to, like... It's hard to... to, And there's so many of them that even with a three-hour movie, you're not going to have enough time to spend with each of them and really get to know them. You just... You kind of get those those few play... Like, I know Thorin. Yeah. That's that's about it. Yeah. Um, So... That's that's just kind of that's probably my biggest disappointment with these movies so far, and and, and it continues in this one obviously, and obviously it gets a little better because this is the the end of the sixth hour that I've spent with them basically, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> so I've gotten a little bit more of a feel, probably more than I did the first time around. Sure, but um, you start it, to get to know them a little bit. They yeah, de- they develop a couple of them a little more than they did in the first. Yeah, um, but still for the most part, I'm kind of like I don't know what that is. Yeah, like. There's a scene where they say like, "Oh, so and so didn't make it. Whichever one didn't make it to the boat in time." Yeah. And I'm like, "Which like, one is that?" Know. So yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And I think one thing with the dwarves too that's unfortunate, and, it, and it's another thing where it's not the fault of the filmmakers or anything. And I can't say it's it's the fault of any. It's just it, it's intentional, I'm sure. But they don't feel they feel pretty. Uh, they they can't handle anything on their own. I swear, like <laughs> they can never. <laughs> they are the most bumbling, idiotic. How is this a warring race? <laughs> like that, that's one thing that bugs me about. I, and I, yeah, and I think I think that's that's it's just part and of the, that's inherent in how dwarves have been portrayed. How portrayed and sure, yeah, and, yeah. And it's it's part of the. I mean, it's part of the fact that The Hobbit is a children's book, yeah. and, and more certainly more so than the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And and it's fun, you know, when you're a kid, you love the bumbling characters, and they they do like they. There are fight scenes where they handle themselves well, but like for the most part, it's like, oh, they got captured again, you know. Even even in the like the the barrel scene, <laughs> it's basically it's just I don't remember which one of them it is, but he just by happenstance manages to take down like fifteen of them by like randomly hitting them with yeah, the with the cause barrel because he's, he's huge. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Um, one thing I wanted to say that's kind of cool is I like I like the fact that this feel this does feel kind of. Everybody always compares the middle chapter of a trilogy to Empire, you know. Yeah. And I feel this kind of feels like Empire Strikes Back-ish. I mean, everybody's yeah. in a bad spot by the end of this, pretty much. That's like, true. It's That's very, very, it's true. very cool. Like I, 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 you don't see that as much with trilogies nowadays. Um, but I like that. Like I, I love the second chapter being kind of the how are they going to get out of this kind of you know that, that kind of scenario. I mean, you've got. Legolas is chasing after this this orc, uh, Lieutenant Orc. Yeah, Lieutenant Orc, uh, <laughs> Deputy Orc. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, Chief Orc is off somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gandalf is in a cage. Yep. Um, I mean, everybody, you know, Smog's about to destroy Lake Town. Yeah. Um, so that, that was that was very cool. One thing I read online: uh, Bard's still in the prison. Bard's in, in in a jail cell. Yeah, um, yeah it's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> um, I read online uh, a couple days ago, somebody had asked Peter Jackson, because originally The Hobbit was supposed to be cut into two films, Mm -hmm. and the decision was made pretty late in the game to make three. Yeah, I I meant to read this. And somebody had asked him, and it's a very cool question, where originally was this first film going to end? And apparently, from what he said, the first film would have ended um, after the barrel. The barrel race would have been the finale of the first film. Interesting. So it would have ended with them... um, Meeting Bard, which I am just curious as to what you think. It, do you, I mean, obviously there would have been would have been some cut out of both the first and second movies to make that happen. Yeah, I, I can't imagine a four and a half hour long no. movie. Um, uh, I think this one this one very much ends on that cliffhanger, mm-hmm. you know, and the first one ends very much at a point. It feels like a very natural, like, it, Yeah, stopping this one point. does not feel as natural. However, I think, um, I think the, 
I think them kind of stopping, <coughs> excuse me, stopping right before they meet Bard, probably as, you know, Keeley has, they're trying to fix his knee and they need to keep going and whatnot. And everybody, they're just like, we don't have any weapons. We don't have any clothes. Yeah. I think that would have been a cool and interesting place to end. Just kind of the same way, uh, the first movie is Sam and Frodo being like, what the hell are we going to do here? Yeah. They're by themselves. Yeah. So, um. I think that would have been cool, but I'm I'm okay I'm okay with where they've ended. This one doesn't feel as complete, but it didn't bother me that much. Um, I would make a joke right here about a topic that we've brought up multiple times, but I want to say if I I want to see if I can not mention somebody for once. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I think I think uh, I'm okay with where they've ended, even even if this one doesn't feel quite as wholesome and complete of a story. Sure. Uh, it very much feels like a middle chapter, but I don't think it's to the detriment of the film. Mm-hmm. I think that he probably had an easier time. I mean, it, it's hard to it'd be hard. To, it's hard to break up. I think any one book into multiple movies. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be tricky because it's always going to have its beginning, its middle, and its end, and mm-hmm. there is not there, that doesn't exist with this. Um, it starts off like you said, right out of the gate. Yeah. There is no beginning. There's no setting up no. what's going. On. You're in it right out of the gate. So if you haven't seen the first one, then there's no. Well, there. What are, what are they? There's a little bit of a flashback in this. There's one, a bit the of beginning? yeah. They he uh, Gandalf meets with Thorin. Um, yeah. At, so we so we see how how Gandalf first contacts Thorin for this quest. Yes, which is smart, I think, because it it in case somebody happens to be going to this that has not seen the other ones, which would be very strange. Um, uh they have an idea of what's going on at least. Yeah. Um, but certainly the end, it, there's no ending to this movie. No, it's very much, um, very much left open. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought it was interesting though, to see where he would end. Yeah. That, very, very much so. And that first film, if it was two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it probably would have worked just as well. If, I think know, it might've worked better. <laughs> it might've worked better. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, if, if, if the, compressing of of these three movies together would have shortened up the drum roll to getting Bilbo on the road um and it would have m- made these movies a little bit leaner i think the only thing that would have hurt from that is the characterization of the dwarves which is going to be which poorly exa- done yeah, no matter what which isn't why. exactly yeah i think i mean if you okay so we've got a total of the first the first and second movies are about Two hours and 40, 40 minutes. 45-ish each, I think. So, uh, by the time we're done, we're going to have... Uh, what's the runtime on that, but, but with all three? If, if all three are 2.45, mm-hmm. then we're going to have... <clears throat> Math. <laughs> we're going to have uh, two of them together, five and a half, and then we're going to have seven, eight, eight hours and 15 minutes. So... Obviously, you couldn't split that directly into two movies because no. you'd be going to the theater for, oh, for yeah. over four hours. That's two Titanics. <laughs> yeah. But if we could get it down to two three-hour movies, you know, like three hours even, and then put out extended editions, yeah, maybe that would work. I, I, I personally, when we were first talking about this, probably back in our first, second, third episode, um... Because I think we did cover when we first heard that it was going to be three movies. I really wish that he could have just cut these down to a very lean two hours apiece. Like, it would have been... That would work, too. I, I would have been okay with that, too. Yeah. I It's... I just... I, I do... I'll be honest. I feel like this... These movies feel... Long for the sake of being long. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. And I've never... I love long run times on movies, but... I fully realize that a longer movie does not equate. But it's not even like... At this point, you can't even say that he's running long to adapt, the, more fully adapt the book. Because he's some of this... some adding. of the, Yeah, he's adding to it with, with you know, Toriel and... Yeah, you know. I mean, there's, there's... I think a lot of the elements, a lot of the subplots have been completely added. And Azog, and even... Some of, some of the stuff in the first film, I can understand. Like, because they're, they're filling in... Um, like the obviously Azog as a character wasn't in the Hobbit at all. In the mythology, he exists. He exists, and he's very much a part of Thorin, like Thorin's uh, backstory. Backstory, and, stuff, yeah. and to get that backstory is very interesting, and I think it helps. But well, you need to put you need to be able to put a face to the bad guy. A little yeah, bit too. yeah, and 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 
in the first movie, there wouldn't there have been... There wouldn't have been one. No. Because Smaug is not present in the first it's, film. It's very much them kind of facing... Well, the Goblin King a little bit, but even then, he's not... He's just kind of... Uh, he, he's another he's another hurdle for them to leap, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's... I don't know. I I just I feel like we probably could have done this in two movies or three shorter movies. But yeah. it's I enjoy what we have. I, to, I I definitely do. I just I'm wondering what it would have been like to have a different cut of these. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I I forgot to mention. I still feel the same way about the 3D. I think the 3D was fairly underutilized. I think it makes the um. I think the very. I think maybe visceral is the the term that I want. The visceral nature of the of of Frodo having the ring on mm. is very very cool in 3D, and, and the 48 frames obviously helps the the, the 3D very much. But um, uh, yeah, I you know I, the 3D, I don't. It didn't do anything all that. Yeah. No, it doesn't 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 really add that much for me anymore. Which is <clears throat> <laughs> it's weird. It'd be funny to watch a 2D 48 frames version. <laughs> <laughs> just to see how it how it yeah, looks kind of like what we were doing upstairs during yeah. our break here but um no it uh 3d whatever who cares <laughs> you're like eh, whatever and i and i heard it in dolby atmos once again because it okay. was the same theater that that we saw the first one in okay. last year and uh the sound was obviously quite well done so yeah oh yeah totally um jeez oh, one thing <coughs> i wanted to bring up was the Subplot of Gandalf in that city with Sauron and all whatnot. I, you know, it's been a while since I've really sat down and watched uh, Fellowship, but I'm, I, for some reason, I feel like his knowledge that he's gained of Sauron returning over the course of the last two Hobbit films doesn't quite match up with jive. with where he's at in the first one. And I, I might be wrong. I, I could totally be wrong about this, but I from what I understand, no from what I remember, he comes to to Frodo. With, uh, and want, you know, wants him to test, you know, he goes out and reads some papers on stuff, but it almost seems like it's news to him in that first, uh, first film that Sauron's back. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm wrong, but it kind of feels like it doesn't. Maybe it's more of a Sauron's at full power and is building an army. Sure. And something might happen in the third Hobbit film. Where he thinks, okay, Sauron's been taken care of. That's true, too. So if that's the case, you know, this is just me me preemptively calling out Peter Jackson here, which might not be fair. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I didn't didn't think about it. It's been so long since I watched any of those that... Yeah. I mean, that subplot's going to have to end somehow. There has Mm -hmm. to be some sort of at least small victory there, because as of right now, like I said, Gandalf's in a cage. So I would... I kind of hope that, like... Radagast shows up with Elrond and and Gladriel. They have like wizard battle <laughs> with with low power Sauron. That'd be a lot of fun. I'd be down. Low power Sauron. Yes. That's low, my cover band for something, but it's amazing. <laughs> low HP Sauron. Um, yeah, but I, I I guess we'll see what happens. But maybe when we do our third Hobbit, uh, yeah, maybe we'll have the answers. I'll, yeah, come back, come back to us. <laughs> we'll revisit. Yep. Hey, Alex, that is listening to this, to figure out if he still likes 48 frames per second or not, yes. <laughs> remind Willie. <laughs> Absolutely. This time capsule of a podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know. Anything else? It's, uh, this one is a little, it's, it feels weird not having Gollum around. Hmm. I will say that. That's, and I, t- I totally understand why not. I mean, Gollum is not, does not, equal, yeah, he doesn't, you know. yeah. But, um... It is a little strange. I don't know. I, I felt I felt his absence because he became such a huge character in in the last couple of the Rings movies and in the first Hobbit he has a huge, a yeah. sizable role. Yeah. Um. So it was weird not having any Gollum. I was like, I felt something missing. And at the end of the movie, I'm like, oh my god, there was no Andy Serkis Gollum. That's what it was. I, I was going to say maybe you just felt the lack of presence of Andy Serkis, but I'm sure he did the motion capture for every other orc that isn't. Uh, Manu Bennett? Yeah, Manu Bennett. <laughs> so. You're probably right. You're probably right. Um, yeah, no, but I... You just miss Gollum. I miss Gollum, You're yeah. You're precious. I like Gollum. He's my precious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, trying to think. Anything else? I don't know. I, I, I'm excited for the, the third one. The conclusion. 
I'm very excited. This this movie at the very at the very least, I, I I did enjoy this movie. I feel this is one of those ones where I actually feel better about it after talking about it. Yeah. Because coming into the review, I was kind of like, eh, it's all right. Yeah. You know, and I, I I'm still not I'm still not like in love with these two Hobbit movies, but I I enjoy them quite a bit. I can't say I'll rewatch them a ton. Yeah. I don't... That's the thing, is, like... <laughs> it's weird about these movies, because they're so long that it's very, very hard for me to be like, I'll just throw this on. Mm-hmm. But, uh... There's, there's, it's funny, because the Blu-ray of the extended edition has gone on sale a few times. And every time, I'm like, do I want that? And then I'm like... I still have a copy of Return of the King that has not seen the inside of a Blu-ray player. <laughs> so. Do they um? Do they split the extended edition of the first Hobbit film into two parts on the on? I don't know because they no did that with, with the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, they're split into two. I remember when I got the I have the DVDs. I don't have the Blu-rays because I got them when they first came out. Um, but I remember when I bought the DVDs as a gift for somebody, I was surprised that they were still split into two. Yeah, which is so nice. I actually I actually like. Yeah, it gives you that, that break. It's like a, it's like six regular length movies, which is kind of nice. And like I said, I don't mind a long movie. I just, <laughs> if I mean, if I want to, I need you know, I'm a busy guy. You know, yeah. like I can't sit down and watch a four hour movie just because you know. So, I think my ex has seen all three of them in one day, all three extended editions. Yeah, in one so day. have I. Yeah, she's she's a very big fan. I'd be interested in seeing if she ends up doing the Three Hobbits and. And all, all, all of the whole thing. Yeah. I, I, I've done it before with my brother where we watched all the first three extended, uh, extended ones. And then he got, like, he loves those movies so much he watched them backwards. <laughs> he watched Return of the King, then Two Towers, then Fellowship. Did he do, like, <laughs> he should have done disc two, disc one, disc two, disc one. That'd be so weird. <laughs> I was like, why are you watching? He's like, he's, I was like, oh, when did you start watching Lord of the Rings? He's like, oh, just, you know. 20 minutes ago, I'm like, why is why Return of the why? King on? He's like, oh, I'm watching them backwards. <laughs> what? Why? I don't know. Maybe I should have drug tested him or something, because that's a weird concept. There's no logical yeah. explanation for that. That's very weird. It's a story about a, a group of friends who falls apart and only one man is left alone instead of coming together. I don't with, know. A, with a ring. Yeah. And then a, a big giant eye grows inside of a tower and... <laughs> A ring is formed out of lava and hops on somebody's finger. I don't know. It's like Jaws in reverse or something, where he throws up people. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah. Different different storylines for movies in reverse. Yes. Um, I think that about wraps it up. We'll have to we'll have to get Nick's thoughts somehow. We'll we'll get Nick's thoughts out. So I don't know. We must. Maybe we'll promise him what we've been watching or something next week. Yeah, or we can convince him to do an audio boo. That's two. That's that's true. That's two. That's two. It is two. Although I feel I feel like he'll need more than three minutes, but we'll see. He can do two audio <laughs> the extended edition. <laughs> disc one and disc two of yeah, Nick's uh, Nick's thoughts. All right. Well, um, I think that's about it. Uh, we're hitting crunch time in the movies here, and I kind of wanted to put our thoughts out just to see if anybody has any opinions. And you can send those opinions to feedback at midwestfilmnerds.com. Um, or you can go on our Facebook, search for Midwest Film Nerds Podcast, and uh, let us know what you think. There's like eight movies coming out between now, including The Hobbit, between now and Christmas, Christmas <laughs> Day, that we would like to see in review. And um, January is pretty barren, so what we're kind of thinking is we will do... Uh, we will review those movies through the majority of January, and then at the end of January, or maybe the beginning of February, we will release a bonus episode that is our top ten of the year, um, and and maybe our January. If if that is our late January uh, a bonus episode, then our uh, February bonus will be ten most anticipated of 2014. Mm-hmm. If not, we'll flip flop them. Yeah, but um. Let us know what you think about that. Some of the movies uh, include... Uh, Inside Lewin Davis. Inside Lewin Davis, American Hustle, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, 47 Ronin, uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. Some of that might change. Maybe we'll go see 47 Ronin and we'll all hate it or something. I don't know. So it's we don't, hard to say. Yeah. So we want to know what you think. Uh, if you think that that's too late to put out a top ten then let us know and maybe we'll just be like okay well we'll have to have a cutoff date and we'll just talk about them anyway 
Uh, but I think we would like to do full reviews of most of these movies, and there's not a whole lot coming out in January except for like Jack Ryan and a few other things that we would like to see and talk about. But mm-hmm. we'll kind of have to pick and choose. We can't here. see every movie. It's true. Well, we can, and I will, but we may not talk about all. We're not talk. Okay, we can't review every movie. Yes. Yes. So um, this isn't the Nerdist podcast. We're not going to put out three out a week. That's too much for us. Yeah. Us people who have to do actual jobs. Yeah. Screw I wish you, did. Chris Hardwick. I wish we didn't have to, though. That'd be nice, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you want to pay us, we should set up a PayPal. No, I don't I don't want to take anybody's money at I'll this I'll host point. Talking Dead. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. Anyway, and so let fired. us know what you think about that. Um, next week is either going to be uh, Inside Lewin Davis or American Hustle. Um Probably not American Hustle because screw you, David O. Russell. We'll do that later. Nailed on. it. You don't need that help right now. Nailed it. Yeah. So probably inside Lou and Davis. Um, I hope it's going to be out here. Uh, it should be opening wide on the twentieth, which is Friday. So anyway, that's about it. As I said, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds dot com. Let us know what you thought about the review, what you think we should watch, any discussion topics we should talk about, any of that good stuff. You can tweet at us at MFN Podcast. Um, you can find us on Facebook. We have our respective Twitter pages linked in our show notes, which are midwestfilmnerds.com. I always do a little bit of a time breakdown for if you want to skip over some spoilers. Um, but other than that, I think that's about it. Thank you, Mr. John, for our music and artwork. Uh, we we got we to gotta get a new theme song at some point. I think he's got a few songs in the Ooh, barrel. that he excited. Would, he, he, we, we can change it up a little bit, so maybe we'll do that. Um, Sounds good. Sometime soon, maybe in the new year. Maybe. Have we have we asked Pseudo Echo to write us a song? <laughs> no, we have not yet. Uh, but your brother maybe. can team up with Pseudo Echo and write us a. <laughs> yeah, they're not doing true. anything. Yeah, they're they're good. Yeah, they they're just, just collecting. They us yet. <laughs> they're collecting iTunes royalties from you and me yeah. <laughs> this year because we both purchased that song. Yeah, we did. Anyway, uh, that's about it. Kyle X Y, go watch a movie.